Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. As we've been reporting throughout the day today here on KSL News Radio, the Supreme Court has ruled 8 to 1 that a high school cheerleader had her First Amendment rights violated when she was punished for a Snapchat she made off campus that had a lot of profanity in it. Uh, But what does that mean for schools, uh, for the school's right to discipline kids, for bad behavior, uh, when it takes place, how it takes place, what hour of the day it takes place, online, offline? There's so many things that uh, I think will ultimately have to be decided. Uh, This is a, a narrow space to begin with. And so we had the opportunity uh, earlier today uh, to speak with Renelle Anderson-Jones from the University of Utah. She broke down the case for us, uh, what it was, what it wasn't, but let's start with what it is. It's a really important case about thinking about the scope of the public school's ability to regulate the speech of students. The case arose a couple of years ago when um, Brandy Levy, who was then 14 years old, didn't make her public school's uh, varsity cheerleading team at tryouts. And uh, she was upset about this, and she uh, expressed her disappointment on Snapchat, the social media app, uh, posting a photo uh, in which she had her middle finger raised, and then she used some vulgarities. Um, The question was whether the school, in suspending her from um, cheerleading as a result of this speech, violated her First Amendment rights. All right. Now, that's that's the top line. We all we all get that. We've heard that throughout the day today. Uh, really important in uh, our conversation with uh, Rennell, uh that she broke it down in terms of what this is and isn't. That there's a real needle threading that has to be a part of this discussion. And uh, I want you to listen closely to why the court felt the school had violated her First Amendment rights and then what that means in the broader context. It's an interesting uh, opinion from the justices who are really threading a needle here. They're very careful to say that in some circumstances, schools probably can regulate students' speech even though it is off campus, which was really the core question here. But even if that's true, the court said it isn't true in this case. Uh, The school district did violate her First Amendment rights for suspending her um, for that language on Snapchat. Uh, If she had been an adult, if she had been um, not a student, her speech would for sure have been protected by the First Amendment. It didn't fall um, within the exceptions that we have for the First Amendment for, for example, um, obscenity. And 
the justices are very sensitive to making sure that students continue to have First Amendment rights outside of the classroom. Uh, she created this Snapchat off school grounds on a weekend, um, and there wasn't enough evidence, the court said, that she caused uh, what we call a substantial disruption, which is the standard that the court needs to see in order for schools to be able to regulate student speech on campus. This speech off campus gives rise to sort of even more heightened concern on the part of the justices. Again, this is our conversation with Renell Anderson Jones from the University of Utah Law School. Uh, and I love that she pointed out and emphasized this idea that the school the school does have an interest in preventing disruption, um, but it can't go beyond that. Uh, and so, again, she uh, she broke that down in terms of how this relates uh, to the First Amendment issue in this very narrow case, uh, which is what was decided today. The thing that the court seems to be really sensitive about here is making sure that schools can continue to regulate some things that happen off campus, speech that occurs off campus, that still impacts the school in a really significant way. One big area here is uh, bullying, so severe instances of bullying of students by other students, for example, or threats uh, aimed at teachers or students. Uh, And increasingly, we we see woven through the opinion uh, concern about participation in online school activities uh, or um, use of school uh, equipment or hacking into school computers. All of those uh, instances sort of blur the line between the geographic place that is school and the place that is off campus. And the court, I think, is trying to be careful here to make sure uh, that uh, the school's ability to regulate speech that's disruptive of the school environment doesn't stop right at the boundary of the school without throwing open the door for the school to regulate all speech each of students at all times. I, I really appreciate that uh, Renell Anderson-Jones was, was really helping us see that what's going on is that the court is kind of working their way through a lot of these issues that are inherent in our new media world that we live in that are just so different from the old days when you showed up on campus uh, in the classroom uh, and things were pretty cut and dry and pretty easy. And what happens uh, after school uh, most people would never even know about because there was no way to report it. <laughs> uh, unless you picked up the telephone and called somebody, uh, it just wasn't going to be noted. And, and so I think it's important that she framed everything in terms of this is an example of the court working its way through a lot of these pretty tricky and pretty thorny issues. Uh, Professor uh, Anderson Jones uh, concluded discussing that in terms of the building blocks. What are they trying to piece together Uh, that we can be watching for in the days ahead and the cases that will surely come before the court? I think it's an an interesting effort on the part of the Supreme Court to deal with the changing media and technological landscape, to realize that free speech doctrine has to evolve uh, and, and student free speech doctrine has to evolve to think about the realities of the communication world that we live in, but also uh, a sort of modesty on the part of the court, uh, being careful uh, not to uh, announce all of the rules at once, uh, and rather sort of work incrementally to try to answer these questions as they emerge. Uh, this is how um, free speech doctrine in a lot of areas um, is at the moment. It's, it's, a, it's a moment for having to think about the contours of old doctrine and how it maps onto the, the new terrain of the ways that we talk with each other and the ways that we engage in free speech. Big thanks to Renell Anderson-Jones from the University of Utah Law School.
Uh, great, great insight. I love the way she pieced this together. Some really important things to think about. These are great discussion topics, by the way, to have around your dinner table tonight uh, or around the water cooler tomorrow in terms of framing what these things mean. And again, that very complicated new media landscape and what does that mean and what does it mean for First Amendment rights for our students? What does it mean for parents? Uh, And then, of course, that extends on into all of our rights uh, in so many different places and spaces that now everything can be reached uh, because of social media. So we're going to continue to monitor that uh, very important discussion, eight to one ruling by the Supreme Court today. And we'll continue to monitor that here on KSL News Radio. We're going to step aside for one last commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk about living in the space in between. And we're going to welcome somebody back to the building right here on KSL News Radio. Stay with us. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. 